Welcome back to the SALT podcast, where our vision is to create and prepare disciples ready to influence the world. My name is Jaden, and I'm one of your hosts, and sitting on my right is the very beautiful... Mitchell Lindsay. Thank you for that uh, undeserved in, uh, introduction. Very grateful. Um, but today, our guest on the podcast is, is one that we're very excited to have mm-hmm. aboard. Mm-hmm. He has lived in England, Kenya, and Australia. He loves traveling, uh, so he's visited at least 45 countries that we know of. He is scared of heights and he's been charged by a rhino. Here is our very own Pastor Mike Parker. How are you, Mike? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good to hear. Thanks for coming on the podcast, uh, first of all. Um, let's dive right into it. Yeah, hey? let's do it. We're really excited about this one. We're going to be exploring self-care in ministry. But before we do that, I just want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so, icebreaker question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was... Um, before I was... 12, I wanted to be a professional football player. Mm. That's soccer for those yeah. of you in Victoria. Um, and that's, that's really what, what I wanted to do. Um, later in life, having lived in, in Africa, I wanted to be a game warden. So they were the two things yeah, that wow. I wanted to be when I, two different. When I grew up. All right. Yeah, yeah, two very different. opposite yeah. sides of the, of the sporting uh, career, I suppose. So, so what soccer team do you support? Two teams, my hometown, Ipswich, yeah. who are now very lowly. Um, and that's Ipswich in England, isn't Ipswich it? Ipswich <laughs> Town Football Club and Manchester United. And I have supported those two teams since I was three years old. So, wow. Um, right. Through thick and thin. <laughs> Loyal. How yeah. are they doing? Well, Manchester United lost this morning and, and Ipswich have never been so low. But, you know, <laughs> I, I have had some high days as well. Well, uh, it means if you're that low, we can only go up, right? Right, right. Let's well, hope so. At least he stays true to it. I like that. Um, now, Mike, uh, as a member of the faculty of the seminary, uh, you held the head of chaplaincy position here at Avondale College for, for a time. Your role was to help people in emotional and spiritual fields. But what we want to talk about today is how you help yourself. So what, what are some, um, how, do, how do you help yourself? Because mm. this is something that a lot of students might struggle with and a lot of other people in mm. general. Well, t- to be perfectly honest, um, I, I'm, I'm really very poor at it. Mm. And um, lots of the people who I looked to as mentors were also equally poor at it. Um, and, and I think it's one of the occupational hazards of, of being a pastoral carer is that we are so concerned with looking out for other people that it's very easy for us to neglect ourselves. And that certainly was my story. Um, uh, I, I was very poor at looking out for myself. And it was only later on in life and, and studying and, and um, coming across um, a few other academics um, and their research that really helped me understand not only my mistakes, but how to, how to care for myself. Hmm. Um, and when I learned those things, self-care, I was actually better able to help other people. Because I, um, although for many years I have been a pastor, and I'd even um, started the chaplaincy course, um, it wasn't till... I'd been in, in ministry for quite a while, but I realized that, let me put it this way, not caring for yourself is one of the m- most selfish things that you wow. can do because it could be that the very time when someone needs you most, 
you're not able to because you've crashed. <laughs> and and so self-care is, is really important. And you can't self-care if you don't accept yourself who you are. Wow. And there's, there's a lot of biblical depth in that. Um, Jesus accepts us as we are, but very few of us actually accept ourselves as we are. Mm. We're very ready to forgive other people, but we don't give ourselves the same kind of grace that we give mm. other people. Right. That's, that, there's so many different layers to that. Yeah. Um, do you think that not self-caring is something that is... Um, something that all people struggle with? Is it something that's broader or is it very much um, that like that ministry is just, it, it, it amplifies it? I think ministry does amplify it. There may be people who are good at self-care and uh, I wasn't one of them. Of course, our own backgrounds mm. feed into that an awful lot. And, and my, certainly my background fed into um, the way I viewed myself. Um, I, I was brought up in two different homes. I, I, um, in your introduction, you said I was born in England, and that's where I lived for the first 12 years of my life. But then I was adopted by my uncle and aunt, and, I, and that's where I became an Adventist, a real Christian. Mm. Uh, and so there is this, there was this contradiction in my life always. I was like split personality. Mm. Um, and, uh, and largely there was a degree of self-loathing. Wow. And, and I think there are quite a few people who like that we just don't like ourselves. Um, and when people, for example, pay us a compliment, we bat it away because mm. we don't think that we're worthy of a compliment. You know, we're, mm. we're, we're ready to be down on ourselves. Um, and so that was certainly my um, personality as I grew up for many, many years and, mm. and had been a pastor for 25 years probably until I started to put some of those things in place. Mm. And it was only really reading a book about 10 years ago by Brené Brown, mm. who's a researcher, mm. um, and she wrote the book, uh, The Gift of Imperfection. And I read that and I thought, wow, that's me. Hmm. And then I've since seen um, TED Talks that she's done and others. And she really talks about looking out for yourself mm. and the shame that we feel, you know. And um, one of the things about chaplaincy the most precious thing I would suggest is the ability that we have in that field to journey with people and to hear their story. And I've learned that the most valuable thing and that you can give someone else is your time to hear their story. Mm. And they honor you by telling you their story. And then you're able to journey with that person. And, and that has been the turning point in my life. Um, being able to accept myself and be able to to, mm. to listen to their journey and pour into my own experience um, the kind of feelings that I had and understanding and empathy for them and the journey that they're going through at the time. Hmm. Right. All right. There's, 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 there's a clarification I just want to make. Um, so you're talking about how um, self-care often comes, or well, the lack of self-care rather, comes from really not accepting who we are as people. Um, is that a is that one? Um, I can't think of the word. Is that one reason for it? Um, and another is that people often 
poor and care for others more than they care for themselves, or are they too mutually exclusive? Well, in in the pastoral situation, mm. people will often come to you in confidence, and and certainly for me, confidentiality was uttermost. Yeah. And you you listen to what people say to you. And there is that feeling I can't share that with anybody else mm. because I don't want to break confidentiality. Confidentiality. So you don't share it with. I didn't share it with my wife. Mm. I didn't share it with anybody. Um, and it, it's a bit like having a backpack on. Mm. You listen to someone and and it can break you. Mm. Um, and you take that and you put it in your backpack. And you keep moving on. Mm. And other people talk to you. And you just load up your backpack until you come to the point where you just can't carry that anymore. And that happens because often in the pastoral world, we don't have um, the same kind of mentoring and standards they do, for example, in the counseling world. Mm. To be a counselor, you must have a supervisor. You must regularly go to a supervisor in order to maintain your accreditation. And so... When I started um, teaching chaplaincy here, I imposed those standards on myself. Um, and I was able to offload that, um, not just, watch, you know, I, I wasn't um, betraying people. I was, I was dealing with the issues that I was facing. So for the first time, I really started to help have self-care. Wow. And therefore, I w had a greater ability to help other people. Mm. Previously, as a pastor, I would... I would I just take on way too much. Mm. Um, and you, you'd often get to the point where you just felt you couldn't take any more, but you mm. couldn't share that with anybody else and you just had to put on a brave face and pretend that everything was fine mm. until it wasn't fine. Yeah. No, that, that, that's, that's amazing. I think it um, really leads into our next question, um, which is we want to talk about your experience because it sounds like, you know, if you've, you've only worked out in the, like the last 10 years to self-care, you probably have experienced some burnout, yeah. some anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. Um, struggles with mental health are really common. And I think it's becoming more and more, um, oh, what's the word? It, it's easier to talk about it now than it was even just two or three years ago. It's becoming increasingly um, more out there in the public place that, you know, mental health is important. But what have you learned from your experiences with struggles with mental health? Well, first of all, I do struggle with mental health and um, uh, I suffer from something called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which comes goes way back to my childhood where I was sexually abused. Now, I, I didn't share that with anybody wow. and it's quite common that people who have been abused don't share that. Mm. Um, that ca has come out in the recent cases here in Australia. Um, I didn't share it with my wife until we had been married for over 20 years. Wow. She knew there was something wrong. Uh, and the reason that I didn't share it, there is this sense of shame. Mm. Um, and I think it's common to people who have been abused. And, and not only people who have been abused, but lots of us have this sense of shame. And this feeling that if I... If I share that with somebody else, hmm. um, everyone will get to hear about it and mm. no one will accept me. Mm. Um, and so you keep it to yourself, you, you, that remains hidden. I remember going to my GP um, quite a few years ago, who happened to be um, 
a really nice Adventist guy. And he, and he, he said to me, Mike, you, you have mental health issues, but don't tell anybody because in the church, huh. no one will accept you. Wow. You, you will suffer because of it. And he, and he directed me to a minister from another faith hmm. who could understand and he, and, and he helped me. Um, but I think times have changed. There is an acceptance now that many of us struggle with mental health issues. Mm. I, I mean, if ever there's a time when people are struggling with mental health issues, it's during COVID. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because, <laughs> because we are made... We are made, to use Brene Brown's words, um, for connection. Mm. And when you look at the Bible, that's what it's all about, our connection with one another mm. and our connection with God and creation. Mm. That yeah. We are made. We yeah. are designed to connect with people. Now, we've all been living in a situation where it's been difficult to do that. Mm. So people have... Um, been isolated, they've been anxious, they've been fearful, they've, they would lose their jobs, mm. um, they can't connect with people in the way that they can. So people have really struggled and will continue to struggle with mental health issues. Now, I have to admit that it's perhaps easier for introverts like myself, but for extroverts, I don't know how they're managing. Um, <laughs> but th 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 there are certainly issues that we, w we all face. Mm. Um, and people perhaps are understanding what mental health is like. But there are many people like myself who have struggled with it for a long time and um, keep it to ourselves. Mm. Now, th the changing point in my life happened completely by accident. Um, I was teaching a subject here at college. We had a guest speaker. It was Festival of Faith. And I had... 100 plus students in one of the auditoriums waiting for this lecturer to turn up and he never did. He completely forgot. Oh. And the other teacher with me said, well, you better do something. What do you do with 100 <laughs> plus, I think 120 students sitting there waiting for something to happen? So I just started to tell them my story. Mm. And I didn't know what I was going to say until it came out of my mouth. And I found myself talking to the students about my journey, my spiritual struggles, my mental health issues, and my sexual abuse. Hmm. And it was horrendous and wonderful at the same time. Wow. Afterwards, I looked at myself and thought, how the heck did you do that? I had never told anyone in the world about this. And here I am in a lecture theater telling it to 120 students who don't even know me very well. Wow. And I'm telling about my issues. Now, that was a release because I was vulnerable. Mm. And that vulnerability allowed me to talk about my issues. And from that day onwards, so many students came to see me wow. with their issues because they recognized that I perhaps would understand where they were coming from and that I had suffered things with myself and I wasn't judging them. Mm. Now, Brené Brown wonderfully puts it this way. She says, um, the antidote to um, shame is empathy. Mm. And mm. if you are empathetic with somebody... Shame, shame can't remain because mm. shame only thrives when there is silence, secrecy, and judgment. Mm. And when I understood that, that was like this wonderful release. All these years, I had kept that to myself, felt totally ashamed, and every, felt that everyone knew about me and was judging me. Wow. And so you, you say you don't say anything to anybody because 
you're not quite sure how people will accept that. Mm-hmm. And that had been my, if you like, dirty little secret yeah. for most of my life. Now, once that was out there, it was like this wonderful release. And it gave me an ability to be free and to help other people mm. and to show them empathy. Mm. And that became, for me, what was a wonderful journey. Mm. And, and, and I... Um, life really began for me then. And um, I had always been aware of people who were a bit different, those who were mm. struggling, those who were in the corners, those who didn't have many friends. And, and I'd always helped them. But here in Avondale, I started to see people and, and people who you look at and think everything is wonderful in their world. Yeah, You start to realize that it's not... Yeah, it's just not the case. Just yeah. not the case. Mm. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to help people. Um, not because I have any great skills, but um, I have empathy and I'm a listener. And because of my experience, I don't judge anybody. Mm. And that's what people want. Yeah. Um, and when you think about it in the Christian context, that's exactly what Jesus does for us. He accepts us as we are. He, yeah. he, he, he doesn't say, oh, you're a terrible person. He just says, come to me as you are um, because I know everything about you. So there's no secrecy. Mm-hmm. We don't need to feel shame. Um, we don't need to feel scared. He just accepts us as we are. And he takes us and he makes us whole. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the essence of Christianity. Um, and that's what, mm-hmm. di- that's what discipleship is. Yeah. It's understanding who is the Lord of your life and carrying out his mission in the world, not being judgmental, just listening to people and, and putting them in con- connection with Jesus Christ. You're in, in a sense, as a chaplain, especially you're the, you're the hand-holding of the person and Jesus mm. and you're connecting them. Mm. We talk about the bridge and that's really what discipleship is. It's connecting people with Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, I'd been doing Beautiful. that for years, but... In me sharing with other people, it gave me the ability to connect like I'd never ever connected yeah, before. Wow, wow. I um, something that just keeps rolling over in my mind that you said is that you went to the GP who was Adventist, and they said, "Don't like, don't speak out. Go to another faith." And I think, man, that's that's really challenging, and it makes me sort of, oh, it it, it breaks my heart to think that was what the view of the Adventist Church and how we could accept people was. Um, do you think, I guess it's sort of a two-part question, do you think that's changed? And if there's someone um, who's listening who does have something that they're struggling with and they want to talk to about it um, or talk about it with someone, what's your advice to them on, about that, especially in that faith context? I think it's still a difficult area. Mm. It, it is a ever-changing landscape. Mm. And we talk about the fact that we are more willing to understand um, mental health issues, but I think there's still judgment there. Mm. Um, if, you, if, you're a, if you're gonna be a church worker, if you're gonna be a pastor um, or a teacher um, or some other profession, it's like, well, you know, are they really capable of doing their job because they suffer from mental health issues? I've had that many, many times, you know, um, not that long ago. Well, you know, you know, he's had a breakdown, don't you? Hmm. It's like, well, wow. he, he can't really handle mm. the job without people really understanding what the issues are, hmm. 
what what led to that mm. not an ability not and uh, not able to do the job but but there's something else that causes that uh, you know i take medication i'm one of those people um that has to take medication mm. um i tried to come come off it but um my doctor said why do you want to come off it mm. you're good the way you are mm. just accept it <laughs> and and, and uh, it was difficult to accept that I need medication to keep me on a straight and narrow, to keep mm. me on an even plane. But that's just the way it is. Mm. And and yes, it makes me vulnerable, even talking to you guys about it, knowing other people mm. are going to listen. But that's just the fact of life. There are some of us who have to get through life with help. Mm. But here's the kicker. Because we are religious people, there are many who will say, you haven't got enough faith. Mm. If you had enough faith, yeah. You wouldn't need that. And it has nothing to do with lack yeah. of faith. It has everything to do with the things that have happened in our lives and um, the fact that we need something else. Mm. You know, I have no less faith in Jesus mm. um, because I have mental health than, than anybody else. Uh, in fact, I have more mm. because I know that I have to rely on him daily mm. Um, for all that I am. Mm. Mm. A, a little pill that I swallow after tea every day helps me, mm. but um, it's, it's my faith in Jesus, knowing that he accepts me as I am. Mm. Mm. No condemnation. Yeah. That, that keeps me going every day. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we don't always see that in religious circles because yeah. we do. We judge other people. Yeah. It happens, you know. Um, we talk about this this battle between conservative and liberal. And um, no matter who you are, what that really means is you're judging other people. Mm. What we're saying is, I'm right, you're wrong. I am more than you. And that causes causes difficulties, that causes mm. hurt. And mm. um, because what it's saying is, I don't accept you as you are. Mm. I'll only accept you when you're like me. And when you think about it in those in those terms, that's not what Jesus said. Yeah, the opposite yeah. of the gospel, yeah. 100%. You think of the people that we read about in the New Testament who Jesus mixed with. Um, the, the woman at the well, for example, said she accepts us, accept her, her as she is. Yeah. And all the other people, it wasn't, I'm right, you're wrong. Yes, when we come to him, we see ourselves as we are. We see that we are a child of his. And, and we, we do, through his help, often change the way we do things. That's what he wants. He, he said to her, you know, go and, and don't do it anymore. And because of his attitude, she didn't. I'm the kind of person, if, tells, if someone tells me not to do something, I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone comes to me judgmentally, it's not going to change my behavior. Yeah. However, if someone comes to me with empathy and, and understanding, that is going to help me become the person that I want to be. Mm. And that, mm. for me, is what Christianity in action is all about. Yeah. That's a long way of me saying, is it safe in our church? Yeah, in some circles it is, and in some circles it's not, mm. because we are humans, mm. and, and we do. We, 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 we judge other people. Mm -hmm. um, I wish we didn't. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess at the end of the day, we live in a broken world. Mm. We do, and we're broken people. Yeah. And that's the great thing about being a Christian, yeah. is we're all broken. Yeah. So uh, given, um, given that we live in a broken world and we're surrounded by people who do share this 
uh, perspective, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm not going to agree with you until you come to my side. How can we, um, how can we be proactive in promoting the self-care of yeah. others? How can we help them to care for themselves? Mm. You know, I, I, I've struggled with that for a lot of time in, in my ministry mm. because, to be perfectly honest, um, people who have um, a, a much more conservative way of reading Scripture than myself have hurt me. Mm. And my reaction to that often was to hurt them back in lots of different ways, subtle ways, but still cruel ways and unchristian ways, mm. I have come to understand that they are hurting people. They are hurt people who hurt people. Yeah. And if I repay them with anger and hurt, it will never change the situation. Mm. So I had to pray long and hard for Jesus to... A, forgive me for my sins and to help me minister to people differently. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing people, not as people who hurt me, but people who need help because they are hurt. Mm. Wow. And to take the time to listen to them. And it makes no difference that we see things differently. As long as we can agree on one thing, we are saved on one basis and one basis only, yeah. that we are the children of the king. Mm -hmm. And so... When people hurt me, I don't, I don't hit back. Um, it takes a divine yeah. it within me to stop me from doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and for many years, I have to confess that I wasn't like that. Mm. Um, but we are, we are hurt people. Mm. And, and often they need to be taught how, how to live whole. Because um, one of the difficulties that we all struggle with is, is this concept that I am not enough. Mm. Mm. And Jesus counteracts it by saying, yes, you are. Mm. You're a child of God. You're, you're accepted by me. But many of us still wrestle with this feeling of I am not enough because all around us, people are telling us that we are not enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, watch, yeah. you watch any TV program uh, and then the adverts come in. What are they trying to do? They're saying that you are not enough. You know, you need this because you're not enough. You need this makeup. You need this. You need to lose weight. Every All the messages are saying subtly, yeah. uh, you are not enough. Mm. And we start to believe that. It, it's so against what the Christian message is. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it happens in church too. Mm. With the differences that we have, we subtly give people this message that you are not enough. And we fight. Wow. Um, and... Until we start to understand that we are enough, we'll mm. continue to hurt people and mm. we'll continue to be hurt. And I suppose that is the lessons that I've learned over the last decade. And it has changed the way I am to people. <laughs> I used to be a nasty person because I was hurt and I hurt mm. people back. You know, people had abused me. I'd never dealt with that. And, and certain situations would occur and I would hurt people back. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But... Sharing that journey with people is gone. That release is, has mm. gone. Just mm. like when, when uh, we come to Jesus, the weight of the sins yeah. and, and our guilt, it just, just goes. Mm -hmm. And one of the gifts that we have as Christians is by, by being able to bring people to Jesus and also having them feel that guilt just leave them because they're accepted. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, An yeah. antidote to human nature is God's nature. <sighs> yeah. Kind I like of thing. that. That's yeah, good. it's very true. Mm. All right, so um, 
we've we've had a bit of a chat about uh, how faith and how um, God's reach into our lives has uh, developed self-care in us and, and how we can promote it to other people. Um, what are some, some more practical ways that you personally or even that you've seen in other people um, that are beneficial in improving your own mental state? You know, I know of no better person than Dr. Darren Morton in this area. And the books that he have written, has written, you know, the, the, the Live More Happy. Mm-hmm. There's so much practical advice. It's very spiritual. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that has made a difference to me. Um, think for a moment about what's happening in the world of COVID. People, especially in Victoria, they can't go out of their houses. Yeah. What have they got to do? So I imagine that there are many of them who are binging on Netflix, ordering takeaway. They can't go outside. They're stuck in small places and their mental health is going to go down. Mm-hmm. Darren says one of the best antidotes to that is to get outside, mm. to eat healthily to get fresh air, to go for a walk, to get up and move. Um, I think he, uh, one of his phrases is, is um, motion. Um, motion creates emotion. Cr- That's creates hard, emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. And, 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 you know, then lovely, catchy little phrase, but they're actually very true. Yeah. And so um, when I find myself getting down, the temptation is to sit on the couch mm. Um, after gone, going to Coles and get a packet of, packet of crisps and a great big block of chocolate and just sitting there and eating it. <laughs> and, and what happens when I do that, and I do do that sometimes, <laughs> no shame. is that I feel terrible because I put on weight, I've had no exercise, I've been stuck in the house, and I feel terrible about mm. what I've done. Shame comes back into my life yeah. again. Like, <laughs> how, can you, how can you like this fat person? Whereas an antidote to that is get out, get some exercise, get some fresh air, eat healthily, get enough sleep. Um, uh, And that's one of the things about this COVID thing is is people's eating and and sleeping patterns have completely changed Mm -hmm. and it's affected their mental health. Um, So to answer your question, some of those practical things that I've heard from Darren has just been a revelation. Mm. Um, And they're so not new. Because yeah. that's exactly yeah. what the Bible has <laughs> said, and it's exactly what Ellen White has said. But we, it's like, I never heard that before. Yeah. Mm. Because those health issues, health um, issues, often got lost in religious fighting. Yeah. So true. Um, so true. But when you realise that the Bible has been telling us that, and it takes maybe Darren to retell those stories mm. about what God wants for us. He wants us to be healthy and, and happy. And it's not a religious battle. It's not a, you can't do this. It's, if you do this, you'll be so much better. Yeah. And I've started to put those things in practice. Not all the time, I have to confess. Yeah. Um, and, and I know when I've done the wrong thing, when I sit and munch on that bar of chocolate, you know, I do feel bad for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an antidote, and that's get out, get some exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are the things are, that I have done. And and sleep, sleep better. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Amazing, thank yeah. you. Um, last question and, and, and we're done. You've talked a lot about how you really enjoy helping others and you've spent your whole life in a, in, a, in a profession where that is what you do. So what is the ways that you have found most satisfying to help other people? 
if I tell you this story, I think it, it'll um, amplify and illustrate what I've said. Some years ago, I, I, I had shared my story and um, a student followed me to read you, which was my habits, um, to go there and socialise and to have my cup of coffee. Um, and the student followed me and said, listen, thanks for telling me your story. I, I need to talk to you. Mm. And um, although we're surrounded by people, you can talk quite safely and no one yep. can really hear your conversation. Mm -hmm. Radio's a great space. <laughs> and, and this is what the student said. They just got back from break and gone with some other students and uh, had been persuaded to go to a nightclub for the first time um, in their life. And... Um, the drink was spiked and this young lady got raped and immediately felt shame mm. because she came from a good Adventist home. She mm. couldn't tell anybody and so started to drink and um, became an alcoholic. And she said she'd been coming to my classes drunk for several weeks, but I hadn't noticed and that she wanted to come and talk to me. Uh, and I just listened to her and... Um, empathetically heard her story and helped her to understand that one mistake in her life doesn't shape the rest of her life, mm. that, that God accepts her as she is and that she's not defined by the horrendous story that she shared with me. Um, and we, we regularly talked and she came to understand that God accepted her as a child of his, as she was. Mm -hmm. And over the next few weeks, she was able to stop the drinking, wow. um, accept herself, able to share her story with her parents, something she was dreading. And of course, they, they just loved her mm. and felt terrible for what she had done. That person works as a teacher, is doing an unbelievable job. Mm. Mm. Now, I didn't do anything. All I did was hear her story and help to direct her again to the centrality of the Christian message, and that is Jesus loves her as she is, mm. that she is enough. And I've been able to do that over and over again. It's, it's not that I have any superpowers. I've stolen it from Brené Brown. <laughs> I've stolen some of the health tips from Darren Morton and anyone else I can, and I have used my own experience. Mm. And what I used to think of as terrible and painful and wish it never happened, they start, started to become the biggest weapons I had in helping other people. Wow. And so instead of hating God, blaming God for the tough things that have happened to me in life, I started to realize that just as he said, all things work together for good mm -hmm. for those yeah. who love God. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. What a powerful note to finish on. Absolutely. I um I wish this conversation keep going on. It's been fantastic. I want to thank you, Pastor Mike, for coming, having a chat and being so open and honest and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That's a word. Yeah. Um <laughs> we got there. But hey, yeah, I want to thank you so much because I I've just yeah, I've been lapping this up and I'm sure that our listeners will too and really appreciate it. So I hope we'll be able to get you back on another time. That'd be great. Anytime. Yes. God bless. So thank you very much. Hey, look, thank you so much for listening. Um, remember, if there's something that hit you or um, impacted you, make sure you reach out. Um, we want to chat with you. Pastor Mike, is there a way that we can get in contact with you? Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, send me a message. Yep. Happy to accept 
um, friends. I don't work here anymore, so I don't have those <laughs> those rules. I don't accept students, so um, happy to help. And and there are other places around, you know, mm. and there are lots of organisations that help people with depression and mm. and suicide and all of those other things who are far more skilled than I am. But I'm happy to chat anyone mm. with anyone. Um, I hope everyone realises you're not dealing with some perfect guy here. Mm. Um, well. Please make sure you leave a comment, rate, subscribe, um, but we can't wait to see you next time. Bless your eardrums with our voices next time. As always, stay salty.